Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast, the 20th day of February 2022. Happy 2323. Happy Monday to you. I caught it. I caught it. I caught it. Oh, man. Welcome to it. Uh, lots of stuff going on. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Enter to win the contests there and all that good stuff. It is uh, the Weekend F and Review is there, and I'm going to post uh, pictures. I'm trying to figure out, because if I post everything on one day, then it all kind of gets buried. So probably Tuesday I'm going to post pictures from the the trip to see the in-laws down in Florida. So there'll be pictures of the kids, mostly. You don't need to see what I look like. You know what I look like, and I apologize for that. I'm hitting the gym. Anyway, there we go let us get started a lot going on i will say i spent uh i'm back home now spent the last week down in the free state of florida doing the show it was uh it's warm it's nice it was different i mean it's actually been kind of a weak winter here too we haven't really gotten any snow and i know i every time i say yeah i wish it would get some snow people email me going what are you talking about what's no i hate snow yeah I don't want a, you know, buffalo-type snow, but I would like a nice, you know, six inches of snow to sort of once it could last three, four days and then melt. I don't care, but at some point you got to go, oh, this is winter, right? I want to sled with the kids. Anyway, there is a lot going on. Today I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, what is the theme going to be for the show? It's not really always a theme, but it's like, what what have I got? I'm looking at the audio. I'm looking at the stories. And it's like, today's theme is make everybody mad. (laughs) Today's theme is upset everybody. Because that seems to be what I'm going to do. But you know what? The, The truth makes some people angry. But you got to tell the truth, if only because it's the easier story to remember. If you want somebody to lie to you, there are plenty of options for that out there. Uh, so they, uh, you can go to them, people who will tell you what you want to hear. I'm not in that kind of business. But I'm just looking at uh, things. I want to start off with Carrie Lake, because I did. I spent a, uh, a week in Florida, and I, t- I went uh, walking every day. And I went to different stores. And, you know, in stores, I am not a people person. (laughs) Don't take my word for it. Ask any of my friends. I am not a a people person. That's my wife. Uh, I'm not a people person. But I do talk to people. Mostly when I'm traveling because I want to see the the sense of what's going on, not just because I want to be able to write about it for a, a tax deduction for the cost of my trip. <laughs> no, but I, I talk to people about it because I'm, I'm genuinely curious about it. So I, you know, I go to the, the, we stayed with the in-laws and we walked around. I walked, I walked around. I didn't take anybody with me because uh, I, I speed walk and I got six foot five legs. Nobody can really keep up. I feel bad for the kids. Because I, I, it takes me a while, like walking, walking, walking anywhere, like in a mall or in a store or something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm dragging. It's like Quinn or Bailey, I'll be holding their hands. And suddenly they're like the uh, the dog in 
National Lampoon's Vacation. Probably kept up for a mile or two. And then just sort of, dra- like, no, I don't drag them. But I do come kind of close. And I'm like, okay, I got to probably slow down here. Because they, they, they do their best to keep up. But they can't keep up with daddy legs. But I go around by myself when I'm speed walking. And I talk to people. Not everybody. I don't, like, go up to them on the street like I'm some sort of weirdo. I'm a different type of weirdo. That when you're looking at things or buying things or shopping for it and you make eye contact and say, hey, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. And I will bring up on occasion, and not hundreds of people, but maybe 10, how things are going. Oh, you're, I was wearing a Red Wing shirt. You're from Detroit. Uh, yeah, well, I'm from Maryland right now, blah, blah, blah. And then I get around to asking them what they think of their governor. And they are very happy with their governor. They're very happy with their governor. I didn't talk to, like I say, that many people. It's not a a statistically significant sample, but the people that I did talk to were very, very happy with their governor. Granted, we were in a red area, so that's to be taken into consideration. But they were happy with what he was doing. That's the difference. Because if you listen to Larry Hogan, our former governor in Maryland, talk i was the most popular governor in all of uh, the country a 70 some odd percent approval rating and you talk to people and you you know mostly republican conservatives go he was better than a democrat you know i don't really like the guy he didn't do much but certainly was better than a democrat and there's definitely a case to be made that he was better than a democrat you talk to democrats and they kind of go, he's like typical Democrat. He's, he's my Republican friend. And he was all right. He didn't, they, they like him because he didn't really do anything. Republicans kind of like him because he wasn't a Democrat and things didn't get significantly worse under him. Whereas Democrats like him because he didn't try to do anything. Like, oh, we can say we had a, oh, look, I, I like, you know, left, left always says, you're a racist. I'm not a racist. I have black friends. Like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what a racist would say. It's exactly what a racist wouldn't say, right? If you're racist, you wouldn't have black friends. But the Democrats say, you're, you're a, so you're a Democrat. But I like a Republican. I have a Republican friend. It's Larry Hogan. Well, he didn't really do anything that was conservative in any way, shape, or form. Uh, well, whatever. Still, he is... Uh, he is somehow my Republican friend, and therefore it's it's all right and it's all good. Okay. Pat you on the head, send you on your way. That's fine. Don't really care. But the the difference was stark. The people in Florida I talked to like DeSantis because of what he's doing. And the people in Maryland like Larry Hogan, the liberals in Maryland like Larry Hogan because of what he wasn't doing. And the first chance they got, they voted overwhelmingly for a Democrat, whereas the first chance the uh, people of Florida got, they voted overwhelmingly for Ron DeSantis. It's telling. But there's a, a contrast. I want to. There is an attack on Ron DeSantis. I don't care if you like Ron DeSantis or not, or if you like Donald Trump or not. It doesn't doesn't matter, especially now. I mean, hell, it's a, the voting doesn't start for. 10 months. But the lying, the attacks on Donald Trump are all BS and garbage and the Georgia investigation. Every time they have an investigation into Donald Trump, they go, well, we don't have, we're not indicting. 
Why aren't they indicting? Because A, they don't have the evidence, and B, they'd much rather have the prospect of an indictment hanging over Donald Trump's head. It's garbage. It's the politicization of the judicial branch of government. But the uh, the same people who rightly say don't believe the media, don't believe the hype, don't believe the fake news, blah, blah, blah about Donald Trump are using that very same fake news to attack Ron DeSantis. I know many of you, because you send me the links, love the Gateway Pundit. I don't go to the Gateway Pundit. Did I tell you today's show was going to be about making everybody mad? I don't go to the Gateway Pundit. The Gateway Pundit is not a reliable source of, of information. It's just not. But right there in uh, Twitter the other day was a tweet from Carrie Lake, who just lost another legal fight that she was having to try and claim that she won. The uh, Jamaica case... I've got more Instagram followers, but she didn't win the governorship of Arizona. Sorry, she didn't. She keeps losing. Show people a smoking gun. Don't say, well, it seems impossible. All sorts of things seem impossible. A bumblebee flying seems impossible. But it does. You see it right there. Were she screwed over? Probably, possibly. Who knows? But you learn from that and come back stronger the next time. You don't just go, well, no, no, no. I was wrong. wrong. Being right or wrong doesn't matter when it comes to politics. It's about getting more votes. Period. End of story. But Carrie Lake tweeted out, Kiss of death. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis endorsed by George Soros. And it's a link to the Gateway Pundit. The kiss of death. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis endorsed by... That's the headline. On the Gateway Pundit, George Soros has not endorsed Ron DeSantis. This is why I don't trust the. I don't trust anybody who's you got this, the headline there, and you go to the story, and you go, "Oh, this is." Oh, wait a second. The uh, the story has nothing to do with the headline. I know a lot of people, and Andrew Breitbart was really good friends with Jim Hoff, and then Jim Hoff kind of went crazy, turned on everybody who. It's in Breitbart world. Dana Lash and Andrew Breitbart kind of made him, and he turned on them. And uh, at that point, I just kind of stepped away from him. I, I wanted nothing to do with him. He's a clickbaiter, and that's what it is. But this is a lie. George Soros predicted that Ron DeSantis was going to win, which is different from endorsing Ron DeSantis, right? Because anybody could have looked at that and said, Ron DeSantis is wildly popular. Charlie Crist looks like an old leather chair uh, and is wildly unpopular. I don't think that it's a long shot to say that Ron DeSantis is going to win. In fact, Donald Trump said Ron DeSantis was going to win. Would the headline be uh, the that Donald Trump endorses Ron DeSantis? He did. Would that be the headline? Should that be the headline? And then should the questions be, will you endorse the guy? Why would you run against him? Why would you say mean things about him now? That doesn't happen. It's weird. But the long knives are out for Ron DeSantis. It's not really going to work. What could work is an honest examination of Ron DeSantis's record and a refutation 
of the things there. Everybody's record has soft spots. Everybody's record has soft spots. You hit him there and you can make a difference. You say, oh, these lies, these easily disproven lies. And uh, you only end up making him stronger. I'm giving free advice here to the Trump people who desperately want to destroy any and everybody who dare challenge him. There are ways to damage every single person who might be considering running for president if you want. They all have records. They all have good things and bad things in their records. Find the bad things in their records and highlight them and hammer them and beat them like a drum. Lying about them will only then be exposed, and then what do you do? You're accused, you're exposed as being a liar or embracing a lie. That makes the truth later when it does come out much less believable when it comes from people who have already told you the lies. When Gateway Pundit actually does report something that is accurate, it causes a whole bunch of people to go, I'm not even going to bother going there. They're the ones who said that George Soros was somehow on team... DeSantis. By the way, you can find old stories, and it's been making the rounds on Twitter, about how Donald Trump took money from George Soros to build Trump Tower Chicago. It's an old story, but it's certainly a much closer tie between Trump and George Soros than there is DeSantis and George Soros. I don't think either one of them matters, but if one side is going to try and say that this matters expressly when it's just somebody saying, I predict that the sun is going to rise in the east, well then, be careful, because the other side has plenty and plenty and plenty of ammunition of their own, if you want to go down that road. I don't recommend you go down that road. I would like to see people try to make the case for their candidates, rather than the case against other candidates. Instead, it's just uh, gone crazy. Now, I get it. Twitter isn't real life. Twitter is not real life, and thank God for that, because real life would really suck if real life were Twitter. There's stories going around on um, to prove this, to illustrate this. And this is one of the things I've always talked about, and I will always talk about, and it doesn't matter if it's right or left. It is a tactic that is garbage. It's when you use percentages rather than whole numbers, or you take things without giving the full context. You are trying to manipulate people. You're trying to scare people. You're trying to do whatever. These outlets, it's clickbait. The Blaze today, and I have nothing against The Blaze. Their headline, does that sound safe and effective? Florida had 1,700% increase in vaccine adverse event reports after COVID-19 vaccine came out. I am not an advocate for the vaccine. If you don't want to get it, don't get it. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I don't really, I mean, it's been proven that it doesn't make a damn bit of difference except for maybe for elderly people. But if you want that peace of mind or you want to put that stuff in your body and get 12 booster shots, I couldn't care. You want to walk around with a Pfizer drip in your arm? Go ahead. Knock yourself out. I'm sure something can be, you can be fitted with a harness where you can carry that bag and just drip into your arm constantly. I don't really care. I have a problem with mandates in any form. But 
you read the stories, a whopping 1,700% rise. And I'm reading this like, oh, my God. Okay, so what is the raw numbers? They don't give you the raw numbers. Why don't they give you the raw numbers? Well, if the adverse event report was one and now it's 1,700, that would be a 1,700% increase. But saying going from one to 1,700 doesn't really uh, scare that many people. Now, the number is much bigger than 1,700. The numbers, I actually dug around and found the actual numbers from the Florida Health Department's website, floridahealth.gov. And in 2020, just uh, these are the VAERS numbers from Florida, there were 2,466 reported adverse events. Okay. In 2021, there were 41,473. That's a massive jump. That's a massive jump. And then in 2022, there was a significant drop, which they don't focus on. It went down to 9,104. So from 2,400, 2,500 to 41,000 to 9,000. It's a big blip right there. And of course, that can be and should be blamed on the COVID shot, the COVID jab. I'd be careful if you're a Trump fan and you're pointing this out because Donald Trump is still trying to take credit for is still taking credit for the vaccines because of Operation Warp Speed, which I still say was an amazing feat, cutting through that much red tape. But that being said, you look at the numbers in the past, the numbers are pretty steady in Florida. There's always been an, it's been an incline back in 26, because this is self-reported, as more and more people become aware of the VAERS system, more and more people are going to report things, vaccine adverse events. But when you have, I don't know how many people there, 20 some million people in Florida in 2021, 10 to 12 million people would have gotten the shot, right? At least 8 million people would have gotten the shot. Of course, there's going to be a massive increase in the number of reporting. That's the important context you need to have in there. Be wary of mRNA as you want to be and be wary of the COVID shot and whatever, but Keep it in perspective. There's a lot of money to be made in scaring the hell out of people. There's a lot of money to be made in lying to people. But it doesn't help anybody. It helps the people who are doing it. So I just want to give that perspective that, yeah, millions more people were getting shots. When you're just dealing with childhood immunizations and shingles shots, basically, you're going to have a low number of reporting. But when you have... Everybody open to getting a shot and a whole bunch of people saying we're all going to die because of this shot and report, report, report the sniffles. A whole bunch of other people are going to report things. The telling number is it went from 41,000 down to nine. And I imagine it will be significantly less. It's also a sign that fewer people are getting the shot. But perspective matters. It really does. And I get it, and if you can be mad at me all you want, and say, oh, you're you're a part of the, you're a tool of the establishment, or whatever, go ahead and say it. It doesn't make what I've said on any less true. It doesn't. There may well be something to it. There probably is, as a matter of fact. There definitely is. I mean, they know what causes myocarditis. But to say that, oh, there's a huge jump, and it's, it is the COVID vaccine. But people are encouraged to report more people know about the VAERS system than before and i never heard of it before COVID. 
before the shot. Never knew that there was a thing that you, you reported vaccine adverse reactions to. And a whole bunch of people go, anything. Oh, I've got a headache. You go report it. That's what a lot of these things are, by the way. The raw numbers, again, don't really tell you much of anything. There's a lot of myocarditis, relatively speaking, of course. But there are some I felt nauseous. Because more and more people are aware of the VAERS system. More and more people are availing themselves of the VAERS system. So they write things up there. They report anything. Whereas before, like, I had a headache for a day or my arm hurt. Arm hurt is one of the, if you want to report it, there is literally nothing stopping you from, I I accidentally tied my shoelaces together. All right, well, let's report that. There's literally nothing stopping you from doing that. So just beware of the raw numbers. Make your own decisions, but make your decisions Make your educated decisions. Make an educated decision. See through all the BS. It's not just on this. It's on everything. Everybody has an agenda, ladies. Mine, I do too. It's to inform you. But everybody has an agenda. Most people are selling you something. There are other things going on I want to shift gears to. I get, I read your emails. I read as many of them as I... Sometimes they slip through the cracks. Sometimes I miss them because you get, you get a lot of pitches. Boy, you get a lot of like, hey, would you like to have this person on? No, no, this is literally not. Once a PR person gets your email address, it's like, hey, I've got some uh, dog tricks that could come on your show. Like, Yeah, then nothing makes compelling audio like something that's completely visual. Let's, let's do that. Let's get that set up. But uh, Debbie writes in, if we have no federal dollars to assist our own citizens in Ohio, why are we continuing to send money to Ukraine? Why isn't John Kerry landing his private jet on the ground in Ohio? Is this another form of climate reparations? Uh, is this another form form of climate reparations to have chemical leaks in white neighborhoods? I guess it doesn't qualify for assistance under the racist train agenda of Pete Buttigieg. And it says white people are taking construction jobs away from people of color. Why not have people of color go in and clean up the spill in Ohio? Enough. Our government is so corrupt and our citizens ignorant. Yes, the government is wildly corrupt and bigoted and all of that. And your absurdity illustrates the point beautifully. Well done. But it is true. It is kind of amazing how... The world that we've constructed for ourselves, the world that the left is trying to construct for us. It is, uh, here's the story from uh, the Business Insider. What is the U.S. getting in Ukraine for $100 billion? Now, the, the, the details of it don't really matter. It's the $100 billion. If you Google Ukraine and $100 billion, the Ukraine funding to top $100 billion after omnibus bill, blah, blah, blah. That was just in December. Then you go to today and you go to East Palestine. I know they can't pronounce it Palestine, but it's Palestine. It's spelled Palestine. It's one way to pronounce it. Biden administration, this is Fox News from yesterday. Biden administration turns down Ohio's request for disaster assistance after toxic derailment. Subheadline. Quote, uh, FEMA continues to tell Governor DeWine that Ohio is not eligible for assistance, end quote, Governor's office says. Now, if you've been following this, the, the photographs are horrific. 
and the video of the smoke, the plume, the mushroom cloud of toxic chemicals, bad. And now you can find everybody from J.D. Vance to random people walking around, going up to creeks, waterways in the area, and just you see the water, and you're like, oh, okay, the water looks like water, brown, dirty, kind of because it's a creek. And they'll throw something in it, and what happens is, no, I don't know, I'd have to see. I question everything. But it, yeah, until I have a solid answer, I will go with the most plausible answer. I'd like to know what those waterways were like beforehand because there's plenty of dirty creeks and maybe it's standing water. But uh, you know, throw a big rock in there and then suddenly all this, it looks like oil. I, don't, I mean, chemicals, who's to say? But the easiest way to describe it is that rainbow sort of oil slick pops up, bubbles up once you disrupt the sediment the bottom of these creeks and what have you it comes up and like whoa then there's a lot of it there's a lot of it i highly doubt it was that way beforehand but you never know you never know fortunately the people who would be in charge of coming in and testing this and coming in and and verifying whether or not these things were because i don't this muddy slow moving or stagnant creek is probably not part of the drinking water in there i don't know but it probably seeps into the drinking water but the problem is the people that uh, would be in charge and trusted with coming in to find out whether or not things are safe are the very people you can't trust the epa the environmental protection agency remember when they uh, okayed is that colorado river like they said, oh, you can go ahead and do whatever, dump something in it, and it ruined the river, it turned it gold or whatever. It's just gross. The people who hid what was going on in Flint, they knew what was going on in Flint. They allowed what happened in Flint to happen. And then they kind of hid it for a while. The FDA did that, or the EPA did that. If you don't remember, Flint had a whole bunch of old lead pipes, okay? And lead pipes in and of themselves... Certainly not ideal, not good. When you put in new lead, nobody's putting in new lead pipes. But if the lead pipes were new, it could be problematic. It would probably be problematic. But lead pipes that had been there for a very long time, flowing drinking water that had been treated in a specific way to make it palatable for human beings, there were enzymes that coated the inside of those lead pipes, which created a barrier a prophylactic, if you will, that created a barrier between the water and the lead pipes, thereby keeping the lead out of the drinking water. That's good. That's why people weren't getting lead poisoning in Flint, Michigan, from drinking the water for the vast majority of the last century. They were getting their source of water from the Detroit River, from the Detroit Municipal Water System. Well, Flint decided that they would get their water from a different source. They stupidly, this is why it was all Democrats who did this, they stupidly just switched waters, assuming everything would be fine, and did not make sure that the enzymes or whatever it was that they put into the system, into the water to maintain the coating on there. They actually, what they used in the water caused the enzyme coating, or I don't think it was enzymes, but whatever the coating was, 
built up over time, they caused that to be wiped clean, which then exposed the lead again, which then put lead in the water. It wasn't the source of water. It was the lack of pretreatment of the water and the proper way to maintain what they had. It was stupid government that did that. These are the people who will come in to East Palestine and go, oh, well, we're, we're going to clear everything. These are the people who are telling you now that it's, it's fine. There's nothing to worry about. And you see the headlines, if things are fine, why are people getting sick? Well, some of the sickness, I'm sure, can be attributed to the fact that if you tell people that they could get sick if they do this or that there's a chemical, there's psychosomatic. There absolutely is some of that. Probably not a lot. There's a whole bunch of toxic chemicals that were dumped in there. But the vast majority of it is because there were toxic chemicals burned in the air. They were evacuated and said, okay, it's all clear to come back. But John Kerry isn't landing his jet there. What That Pete Buttigieg isn't talking about it. They don't want to go there. They don't want to go there. Pete Buttigieg is Secretary of Transportation. This was yet another train derailment. This is a disaster caused by a train derailment. Secretary Mayor Pete runs all over the country, loves it, gets to fly private when he does it, goes all over the country to talk about transportation issues. This is a major transportation issue. He's not going anywhere near it. Why? Because he doesn't want to get sick. He doesn't know that he's going to get sick by going there, but he knows his chances of getting sick by going there go down to zero if he doesn't go there. You see, that's how it works. Fox News, the Biden administration turned down a request for federal disaster relief from Ohio Governor Mike DeWine in the aftermath of the train derailment in the state earlier this month that led to a large release of toxic chemicals. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, told Ohio's state government it was not eligible for disaster assistance to help the community recover from the toxic spill. Dan Tierney, a spokesman for DeWine, told Fox News, blah, blah, blah. Tierney explained that FEMA believed the incident didn't qualify as a traditional disaster, such as a tornado or a hurricane for which it usually provides assistance. Quote, the Divine Administration has been in daily contact with FEMA to discuss the need for federal support. However, FEMA continues to tell Governor DeWine that Ohio is not eligible for assistance at this time. End quote. FEMA has said that its team is in constant communications with DeWine's office, but did not comment on the request for federal lease. If it doesn't involve... If it's not eligible for federal relief money, then FEMA should have nothing to do with it, right? Why would FEMA be in constant contact with them? It's either a federal emergency, which then would fall under the purview of the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or it doesn't fall under their purview and therefore is not under the purview. It is not a federal emergency. It can't be a federal emergency that FEMA needs to be deeply and heavily involved in, but not eligible for federal aid, it seems like to me. But they say they're in constant contact. But don't worry, just take the word of government officials. 
Don't they have a lovely track record of being right? And oh, by the way, don't question that money to Ukraine. You are part of the problem if you're questioning that money to Ukraine. Telling, isn't it? I'd be curious to know. Maybe I'll look that up. Who voted? What is the, let's see, mayor of East Palestine? Let's see. Trent Conway. I'm just curious to know. East Palestine mayor. Curious to know the party affiliation, but uh, you can't really find that. I'm suspecting that if I ha- if I had to guess, it would be that uh, this might be a place that votes Republican. If and I had to guess, it's really small towns. It's hard to find party affiliation because they don't really <laughs> the big boys in the media don't really care about reporting about the political goings-on in small-town America. They they look at it as a place for their private jets to dump their chemical toilets. Not, uh, let's see, Trent Conway. Trent Conway party affiliation. <laughs> yep, there's a Trent Conway run for Conway. That's the problem. Nobody bothered to report on it. Which, again, is another indication. Oh, I did find it. I did find it. And now, of course, my suspicions, as usual, prove right. Election results, general uh, results from, let's see, the uh, Ohio government for this area of Columbiana County. So this is where East Palestine, Palestine are. Mike DeWine, Republican for governor, got 78.93% of the vote. Now you begin to see, hey, wait a second. Maybe this has something to do with why the Biden administration is, it's not slow to act. They're seemingly indifferent toward acting. You really, you know, horse-faced former Secretariat of State, John Kerry should be, he's the climate czar. This is an environmental disaster. He should be down there, but he again, he doesn't want to get sick. For Attorney General, they went for the Republicans 77%. For State Auditor, they went for the Republicans 74%. For Secretary of State, they went for the Republicans 75%. For the State Treasurer, they went for the Republicans 75%. For Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the state, they went for the Republican 73%, and so on and so on. Is there a Republican who got, yeah, for Senator. I was going to say, is there any Republican who got less than 70% of the vote? There is. J.D. Vance for United States Senator got 69.77% of the vote. That seems to be the only, that's it. This is a Republican stronghold. Therefore, you might begin to see why it is that the Biden administration simply doesn't care. You know, Joe Biden, he ran for president on being a president for all Americans. And then he has done nothing but demonize all Americans who didn't vote for him. All Americans who don't support his agenda. All Americans who sit there and go, hey, wait a second. That's a man standing at that urinal in that dress, not a woman. All of those people. He has done nothing but, you know, do the blood red 
Independence Hall speech about the dangers of people who disagree with him politically. And now we see the end result of that. We see the end result of that. This ain't by accident. and This has nothing to do with policy of any sort of nonpartisan manner. This is by design. Shut your mouth. Learn your place. It's your fault for being a Republican. Maybe, maybe you vote differently. Maybe you get better results. If you don't think that's a factor, you haven't been paying attention. Since I did say that today's show was going to be one that uh, just sort of angered everybody, I'll get back to what what will be more of that. Just like, um, I tell you that cable news is a business. I mean, cable news is a business. I get that you like certain channels or channel and then other channels or channels, channel you don't like, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Just know that what they tell you on air isn't necessarily what they truly believe. There's a lawsuit going on with uh, Dominion voting machines. They're suing, amongst other people, Fox News. And through Discovery, they're getting all sorts of records and communications internally and what have you. And in the course of this lawsuit, this is why lawyers love Discovery, this information is coming out. So this story, it's, you can find it everywhere from uh, Mediaite to NPR. In the days and weeks after the 2020 election, the Fox News Channel repeatedly broadcast false claims that then-President Donald Trump had been cheated out of victory. Off-air, the network's stars, producer and exec- producers and executives expressed contempt for those same conspiracies, calling them, quote, mind-blowingly nuts totally off the rails, and completely BS, often in far earthier terms, meaning they swore. The network's top primetime stars texted contemporaneously of the claims in group chats, but also denounced colleagues pointing out public, pointing that out publicly or on television, meaning behind the scenes they were saying one thing and on the air they were saying something else. Uh, Laura Ingram called Trump's campaign attorney, Sidney Powell, quote, a bit nuts. Uh, it just goes on from there. Even so, even though that they've all said that a, a top network programming executive wrote privately that he did not believe that the shows, the primetime shows, were credible sources of news. Even so, top executives strategized about how to make it up to their viewers, among Trump's strongest supporters after Fox News election night team correctly called the state of Arizona for Democratic nominee Joe Biden before other networks. A sense of desperation pervades the private notes from Fox's top stars reflecting an obsession with collapsing ratings. Quote, It's remarkable how weak ratings make good journalists do bad things. End quote. Bill Salmon at the time, the network's Washington managing editor privately wrote on December twenty, uh, December second, twenty twenty. Network executives above him stewed that uh, stewed over the hit to Fox News's brand among its viewers. Yet there was little apparent concern, other than some inquiries from Fox Corporation founder Rupert Murdoch over the journalistic value of fairness and accuracy. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. 
What you see on air is oftentimes what they think you want to see or hear. The guests you want. The guests are not chosen because they are the best. They are not chosen because they have knowledge on this subject. They are not chosen because they know what they're talking about. They are chosen because the last time they were on, they got a little bump in the ratings. Minute by minute. They track it minute by minute. I have seen and held in my hands these ratings minute by minute. They know exactly what it is. Now, granted, it's a business, and you've got to attract an audience in order to make money, in order to stay on the line, right? To stay on the air, to stay in business. But there has to be some kind of standard, does there not? Because if you're sitting there telling people what they want to hear rather than what you believe, and that's why I always say the truth is the easier thing to remember. It's why you should just tell the truth. Take your medicine. Get it. The truth is the easier story to remember. If your objective is to keep people on the hook for as long as you can and get them coming back by telling them what they want to hear, sooner or later there's going to be a comeuppance. Remember what happened to MSNBC after the Mueller report. It had been two years. Of, oh, the walls are closing in on Donald Trump. Oh, they're getting him. Oh, they got it. Oh, they're going to look out. It's just around the corner. Mueller's indictments are coming. The whole thing, a house of cards is going to fall down. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be awesome. Then the Mueller report comes out and there's, hey, wait, there's no collusion. Nothing. Nothing came of it. I know lefties want to, and this is this is where the lefty spin came. Out. Well, it's it was Bob Barr uh, changing the uh, the report or writing a summary of the report. The report itself said that there was collusion. Well, there's literally nothing stopping Mueller from coming out and saying that. There's literally to this day nothing stopping Mueller from writing. No, wait, I did find collusion. If there was this illegal activity that was promised on behalf of the Trump administration, there was nothing preventing Robert Mueller from filing charges against Donald Trump. He did none of that. They just said, well, it's because Barr wrote a summary. Oh, okay, so the entire wheels of justice screeched to a halt because... Barr, the attorney general, wrote a summary. Huh, that's weird how that works. But after the, the Mueller report came out, MSNBC's ratings collapsed. Their audience, a big chunk of their audience went away. They recognized, I've been lied to. I've been lied to for years. I have a problem with that. I don't like being lied to by the people who are supposed to tell me the truth, by people I believed were telling me the truth. So you have this. The same thing happens with the conservative news sites. So you got to keep throwing. You know, once you go away from reality and commentary on the truth to throwing red meat to the lions and you're in the cage with the lions and your business, your job is to be in the cage with the lions, you better keep throwing red meat at those lions. Otherwise, they'll eat you. So you just get bigger slices of redder meat. That's the problem. That's why I say diversify your news gathering. All right. In the time we have left, I want to play you the president. You talk about somebody who just despises this country. A country should never elect anybody who despises the country. Anybody who, oh, I, I love this country, but say that to you. Hey, kids, I love you guys, but you're 
terrible in a lot of ways, and I really need to fundamentally transform you. It probably confuse them. Your spouse would go, wait a second, what did you just say? You should not elect somebody to lead a country who goes, God, this country's terrible. This country is fundamentally flawed to its core, just awful all the way down to the pit of its stomach, just a horrible place. And you go, why the... You don't want to go, you shouldn't even go, why do you want to lead it then? It should be, why the hell are you still here? Why wouldn't you flee it? Nothing's stopping you, Joe, from taking your tens of millions of dollars that nobody seems to know where it came from and nobody seems all that interested in it. Maybe maybe Joe Biden is the first presidential lottery winner and he just doesn't want to tell anybody that he was out buying Powerball tickets and maybe that's where all the money came from. We don't know. But uh, yesterday or the other day, Joe Biden was speaking and his one of his favorite topics, race, comes up. He must have been talking to a black audience. It's weird how he never talks about how racist the country is and how awful white people are to a predominantly white audience. God knows that's his staff. That's his, his, the people he's mostly around. But once he gets around a black audience and suddenly he's like, hey, uh, look, country sucks, right? Am I right? Can I get an amen? Just Democrats are always like that. They never actually have a conversation. We need to have an honest conversation about race. Why don't you sit down with a whole bunch of white people and say, you guys suck. You need to quit your jobs. You need to make sure that somebody not white gets them in in your stead. And that's the only way to bring about justice. Come on, man. Let's do this thing. Maybe you do that. You'd have a little bit more credibility on the Now, you wouldn't have any more credibility on the issue, but you wouldn't be so full of crap in any event. But they never do that. They never do that. They just pander to minority audiences, which kind of tells you everything you really need to know, doesn't it? I think it does. So here's Joe the other day talking about lynching and how evil, evil, pinky up to the uh, incisor, whitey really wishes deep down that you could still have lynchings in this country. It was almost exactly one year ago that I signed a law more than 100 years in the making. It was an honor. It was one of the great honors of my career, the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, making lynching a federal hate crime. You know, folks, lynching is pure terror. Enforcing the lie that not everyone belongs in America and not everyone is created equal. Pure terror to systematically undermine hard-fought civil rights. Innocent men, women, children hung by noose from trees. Bodies burned, drowned, castrated. Their crimes, trying to vote, trying to go to school, trying to own a business, trying to preach the gospel. False, False accusations of murder, arson, robbery. Lynch for simply being black, nothing more. With white crowds, white families <clears throat> gathered to celebrate the spectacle, taking pictures of the bodies and mailing them as postcards. Hard to believe, but that's what was done. And some people still want to do that. Some people still want to do those white people. They still want to do that. Watch out. Don't worry, we'll protect you. We Democrats will protect you. Wait a second. If you go back and you look at who the lynchers were, they were Democrats. Really? When the headline be, Fox declares he will protect the henhouse. 
No need for offense. I will protect the hen house. If you really believe that about this country, then why the hell are you still here, Mr. President? For the love of God, why would you? They never tell you, though, that it's the Democrats. It was all Democrats. It's all Democrats who did the lynching. It really, and when is this, where is this scourge of lynching? I don't remember any lynching in, in my lifetime. Now, Joe, Joe served in the Senate when he first went in there with a whole bunch of segregationist, racist, KKK-loving Democrats who he befriended, who befriended him, like minds and all that. Joe proudly tells you that Delaware was a slave state. Jack, you don't know my state. My slave state was a slave state. Uh, very proud of that. So maybe Joe is just having flashbacks to when he was younger and used to roll in those circles. But in reality, you hear the country described by that senile pile of excrement right there. And I mean that with all due respect for the office, with all due respect for the man, which is none. That uh, you sit there and you go, wow, what country are you describing? What do you think of your fellow human beings. Because I promise you that Joe Biden has done more and said more and things that uh, if he'd done or said them today would get the left to take to the streets and demand justice, etc., etc. Way more than you have, way more than I have, way more than the average person has. He's done it on film. You can put together a two-hour documentary of just nonstop Joe Biden saying racist things. Barack Obama's a clean, articulate guy who's a, you know, man, he's a storybook, and you can't go into a 7-Eleven without a slight Indian accent. All this kind of stuff. He called Westmore boy the other day. You, it's, the hits just keep on coming. You could put them all together, and there he is going, oh, everybody's racist but me. It's always the people that protest the most. Or the ones who need to be protested the most, aren't they? Isn't that weird how that works out? The guilty, the left, is it? The Democrats insisting the country is racist. Well, why would you say that? Maybe their worldview is, it's true in their worldview. They do spend an awful lot of time with Democrats. <laughs> Usually white, suburban, wealthy Democrats. They don't actually... While they decide the fate and decide the policy directions of a lot of black people, they very rarely see any of them. The ones they do hang around are usually wealthy like they are, and it's all a progressive mindset. It's just sick. Why'd you, why would you elect a guy who hates the people he's elected to lead? Lastly, let's talk about Kamala Harris. Let's play this bit of Kamala Harris here. She is just the worst politician in America. Honest to God. I, Joe Biden is senile. Joe Biden is stupid. Joe Biden is not, still not Kamala Harris level stupid. Here she is talking about electric buses. No exhaust, no diesel smell. The bus has Wi-Fi and even USB outlets next to every seat. I mean, come on, imagine... You can charge your phone on your way home from work. That's good stuff. <laughs> you can charge your phone on the way home from work. Well, you could have probably charged your phone at work, too. You know, and then if your battery cannot uh, survive your commute home from work, you either have a you need a new phone or 
you live really, really far away from work, and it's likely that an electric bus won't be able to take you all that way. I love it. There are USB ports and Wi-Fi. Yeah, there's USB ports in my car, and then there's little things you can plug into what used to be the lighter. I think right now with those things all in consideration, there's like eight USB ports in my car. There's Wi-Fi. Yeah, I could turn my phone into a Wi-Fi hotspot, Camilla. There's no no exhaust, no pollution. I mean, if you don't worry about where the electricity comes from, get out of the house every once in a while, woman. Good Lord. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm embarrassed by her more so than I'm embarrassed for her, and I'm very embarrassed for her. All right, that is enough for today. Let's start the week on that note, shall we? That's as good a place as any to stop, I think. Oh, I, that's right, I owe you a contest winner and the announcement of a new contest. Well, I'll give you the contest winner first, and I'm going to butcher this name. These kids keep drawing names that uh, I can't, well, I, I'm just illiterate. That's the problem. Stephen Kiat. Caccio, I don't know. Caccio, I don't know. I don't know. CIA, you CIA, dude. CCIO, congratulations to you. You got David Petrusha's new book. Check your messages, and uh, I need your address, and I will get it out to you this week. Congratulations. That means that Brad Thor is returning again. You can get a chance to win Brad Thor or... Thanks to my friend and show, uh, I guess you'd call him a regular, even though I haven't had him on in a long time, Brian Darling. He was going to be at an event with South Dakota Governor Christie Nome, and I knew it ahead of time and made him feel like a D-bag and said, hey, dude, would you, I didn't make him, I asked him if he'd be willing to feel like a D-bag and ask her to sign a couple of books. So she signed two books, even though I sent him three, he said he could only bring himself to carry in two. Can't can't really blame him. I'll send the other one back to Amazon. But yes, I buy these books sometimes. When an opportunity presents itself, not just some random dude, but uh, like if you're going to be around somebody like Governor Nome, yeah, I'll, I'll buy a couple of copies of her book and get them signed to give away on the show. So that's your choice. Not My First Rodeo by Christy Nome versus Brad Thor. Go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter.locals.com. Look for the picture of the books and uh, enter. All you got to do is write down which comment with the uh, which one that you want and you are entered. That's how, how many other podcast hosts are going to drop money to buy books to get autographed. Well, of course, how many other people are? Well, probably a lot of other people are going to be hanging out with governors, but uh, we shall see. We shall see. If we, you know, Ron DeSantis comes to town, I'm definitely going to get his book signed too. If I know somebody who's going to be around him, or if I can finagle it. God, I used to go to CPAC. I don't really plan on going to CPAC this year. I never get invited to speak at CPAC because I, I can't bring myself to kiss ass. I just can't do it. And so that's the key: is you suck up to certain people who run CPAC. And they go, oh, you should do a panel. You should give a speech. You should do it. And I just can't do it because I look at what they do and I, I just am disgusted mostly by it. It's about making themselves rich, in my opinion. So I don't do that. I get a free media pass, but I just don't want to go. I'll have to go and pick up my wife. She's forced to go but for her work. But I uh, I used to go with probably 50, 60 pounds worth of books 
strapped to my shoulder in a in a bag. It's where I got Trump, one Trump autographed book. Uh, you name everybody there. But now I just that's why I went to a couple of conventions too. That's why I have so many autographed books. Buy a used copy for three or four bucks and then lug it around for years until you run into Dan Rather or whatever. Uh, but it is uh, it's just not what I want to do anymore. I just don't enjoy I go to CPAC usually on well I have to go there on Wednesday night to drop off my wife and help her haul in a bunch of crap and then probably have dinner with some friends usually there's a dinner on Thursday that we traditionally do I go to that and uh, Friday I have to go out there and pick up the wife but that's it I used to spend all day there now I don't I just the speeches are predictable. No offense, but when you've got the, your Reagan dinner honoree being somebody who lost their race and uh, is denied, when you, you somebody who takes away the ability to make fun of Stacey Abrams at the dinner, this should not probably be an honoree. There are people who won, right? There are people who won. Anyway, that's my two cents. I'll probably grouse more about it as I can, but I. People always ask me and message me, hey, you want to meet up? At, when are you going to be at CPAC? Like, not going to be at CPAC. Not going to be. So that's the plan anyway. But, of course, you make God laugh. Want to make God laugh and make a plan. But I'm I'm with the kids for those two days. So I'm going to have to do my radio show from home while taking care of I mean, I usually i have made breakfast. I've cooked eggs during a seven-minute commercial break before. Eggs and bacon. Um, so it's pre-cooked bacon. I don't do the, the regular bacon and except on the weekends, but when I'm in a rush, I can do pre-cooked bacon. So I'll be doing that and then just hoping that they don't come busting in while I'm on the air. That's the beauty of live radio. Anyway, you don't need to know any of this stuff. And I said, we we're wrapping up the show. So let's wrap up the show. Appreciate you listening. I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>